Hey guys, welcome to another episode of MC Anime. MC here, another fellow co-host today with Leah. How are you doing today? I'm doing tired, but still good. <laughs> it's been a long day, but yeah. eh, they come and go, but pretty mm-hmm. decent overall. Yeah. Mine, I've just been trying to find a manga, and then I found that the manga is still ongoing, so I have to wait. It's just a long day in disappointment. The <laughs> 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 case of the Mondays. Oh, goodness. So, uh, we're doing a particular interesting topic today. It's called Finding Interests and in in Building Passion. So the route that we're going to take with finding interest to build passion is simply we're going to divide up into categories how you – the main probably majority of ways to discover an interest. And then we're going to specifically talk from finding those interests by the way you found it. We're going to start how you build the passion based on the new discovery from that original source. So let's yeah. say, for example, um, ah, let's just say you, someone mentioned rock and roll. You did not know what rock and roll was. You hear it, and they go by. You don't know this person. They say rock and roll, but they're not talking to you. You go look up rock and roll, and then you start listening to rock and roll. You can build your passion by discovery of finding rock and roll and actually love rock and roll if that becomes a passion by finding the interest. Yeah, very true. Um, I think everybody kind of curates their interest from different things and you pull it in. But there are specific um, specific things that happen to you um, that can influence you to like become a super fan of it, develop yeah. your skills for it, participate, all of those awesome things that make it truly a passion and not just something that you're like, that's cool. Like you genuinely love it. And uh, the four different, well, the five categories that we have decided for finding interest, you discover as a child, mm-hmm. you know, self-discovery as a child is pretty simple. You introduced it to by someone else, either by indirect or direct means, so friends, family, strangers, acquaintances, etc. You browse the internet and find a particular article or whatever web page or something on the internet relating to that particular interest, and you are very curious. And you can also find interest by You buy a ticket at a concert, and you're a big fan. You never met this group before. You bought the ticket, and then all of a sudden, you're going to be spending more money for more related content to that interest, and you build a passion. Yeah, literal happen chance. Yeah. Yep. By chance, by random events, you might be randomly introduced by whatever means gives you that introduction, and then there you go. All right, so let's particularly talk about your int- when you discover an interest as a child. Um, yeah, I mean. You found an interest as a child. Well, I mean, things I found, I, I found music really interesting, um, artwork, like actually drawing and like creating your own characters. I love that. And in sports like i really got not not into following sports but into like playing them or doing them and becoming like the best at them that was really big for me as a kid how about you um mine tend to be very simple mine was tv uh tv nintendo pokemon games and uh yeah yeah and volunteering. Yeah. I, those were the three areas I found to be really entertaining for me. I'm trying to remember if I ever volunteered. And I don't remember doing it much as a kid. Maybe once or twice. Yeah. Um, interesting. Very interesting. So, like, outside kid, inside kid, different perspectives. 
and also, you know, uh, church as well. Uh, yeah. Mine was the opposite. Whatever was popular yeah. for the church kids, I was like, I am out. <laughs> I am I mean, out of here. It's funny, like, I got introduced as a very young child. Parents put me into it, and I think it's one of those few exceptions that it didn't necessarily turn into a passion. It just turned into a livelihood or a belief system. So religion oh, yeah. is one of those few ways. Yes, you you can get interested in it, but once you start adapting to it, it's a life choice at that point. So it's one oh, of yeah. those. If you're a passionate believer, yeah. Uh, it's not like a you fat you're passionate about this particular fandom. Religion is not a fandom. Religion is a lot is a way of life, the belief system. So. And yeah. anything similar to that degree can be a life system as well. Yeah, so, I mean, those are the big things yeah. that kind of impact you when you're a kid. Mm -hmm. You'll It'll be your culture, it'll be your surroundings, and definitely be your parents um, or mm -hmm. whoever raised you. Those always have a huge impact in, like, what you begin to have an interest in and then what becomes, like, a staple in your day-to-day. -day. Yeah. yeah. And then, when you... A lot of times as a child, when you do repetition of that same interest, you become a passionate to it. So the memories you have doing it, the experience, maybe doing it with friends, uh, that really empowers the developmental stage and what mm -hmm. you do as a child. So that kind of sticks with you because it's like one of your fond memories of child foundation was that interest. So it had oh, a yeah. impact. Yeah, I mean, anybody could pull from what, whether it be a celebrity, an athlete, um, a musician, whoever that you have like a, like you really like them, you like their work. Mm -hmm. A lot of them attribute the reason why they have this passion or doing this thing that they're really well known for is because they discovered it when they were a child and they fell in love with it. So oh, yeah. I think, yeah, so you find like there's, there's usually is something that always carries through with your life, like. Um, I loved reading and I love writing and I still do that to this day, like to this day while growing up. So, and it's, it's crazy influential because mm -hmm. then it, it makes other people like if you're a kid and you, someone tells you you're going to be great if you learn this particular skill or this particular mm -hmm. hobby and you dive into it, that's such an exciting time. Oh yeah. You know, when I did reading, it was a very, it, Reading was an interesting journey for me because I had to self-explore many different alterations of what reading was at that time. So I kept going back to it. I read entire books in one weekend. That's, that's how much free time I had, not going to lie. So that is a kind of... <laughs> you like were a kid. <laughs> block of my childhood is how much I read in one weekend. <laughs> I read the entire book in one weekend. I just had hours and hours. I just kept reading. Oh, oh man. Now, I remember <laughs> for my, like, my school had, like, read 180s because they wanted yep. you to read, like, something yep. from a book every single day. Yeah. yeah. And, and bookworms and then people who do, uh, oh, no. There's, a something, there's something called in high school. Reading Olympics. School. Something reading like that. Olympics? But it was called different at my, at my high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was it wasn't like bookathon or anything, but it was literally like you would read set, like yeah. twelve books, sixteen books, mm -hmm. and then you would have oh, Battle of the Books is what yep. it's called. So yeah. you would you have to know all the facts about these books and have to do it in a buzzer type of way where yep. just be quicker than the other team. Oh man. And Battle and when you remember brain. where you started, Jesus. Yeah. That's reminds me of like Battle of the Brains or you smarter than the fifth grade or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's a bunch of book nerds who've always loved books from when they were kids. Um, like, I remember when, like, I, I loved the book Bridge of Terabithia. Mm -hmm. uh, that book's really sad. So I don't, I don't know if people should watch movies out if you want to watch the movie, though. Um, True. Yeah. Well, I mean, outside of, outside of reading, I have sports. You said TV, which I think kind of translates to now. Yeah, uh, TVs have been like very influential. Uh, 
for me, liking TV was my only entertainment. So sometimes the only form of entertainment at that time is your passion. If you dedicate enough time to it, I just start liking TV and just start watching more TV and just, I don't know. Some people like playing with the neighborhood kids, play hopscotch or jump rope. Well, I just kept watching TV. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, I, I mean, honestly, you would do great one interview, but also too, you still learn a lot of life lessons um, yeah, through TV shows, and you you get to learn a lot of very cool stuff other people don't know. And you're great at recommending well, shows. I don't too. know if I'm that great with TV trivia. Okay, I might I might step back when that. I might not be oh. good at pop culture trivia. Sorry, but like I don't that much TV. Oh, I watch TV, but I really don't know. House. I don't know the office. I don't know all these other shows. Oh, no. Yeah, you, never mind. You probably wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, You're like, oh, like, no, no, no. Not America's class. Like, I watch a lot, but I didn't watch. Like, <laughs> probably not you know, the ones that are going to be at the Yeah. Every single thing. Get those nothing about it. Sorry, but like. Did you read a book? No. Oh, you didn't. You know nothing. All right. I didn't even read the, I didn't even read the Harry Potter books either. Made a stance. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, you you're not the first person I know that you're like, yeah, the popular mainstream stuff I didn't really watch, but you you watch a lot of other things that, yeah, great seasons, great content. Oh so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like TV, Travel Channel, Animal Planet, Discovery Channel, History Channel, Nick to Disney, Nickelodeon. All the major networks at the time. <laughs> I watch. Yeah. I watch a lot of varying type content. So most of it was educational, or it told you historical facts, or whoever else. I mean, that's still interesting. And again, that's one of your interests. Uh, that's one of those things. Yeah, I mean, but- when I was a child, I, okay. One big interest that I found was bugs. I don't know why. I was fascinated by bugs and animals. Interesting. But okay. I can tell you, like, the top ten most dangerous bugs, according to people in my family, it's like, yeah, you can, don't, like, tell me the top ten most dangerous bugs, and you just put, name it in an order. And it's like, oh, okay. That's definitely an Animal Planet show, too. <laughs> it has to be. <laughs> or on Netflix. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> um but I guess from all the interests that you've named, um, what was the biggest one that was like a passion? Your biggest one that went from interest to passion and I you really delved into it. This is really maybe history a little bit, like pawn stars, American pickers. I've been having a, like a interesting bonding with history and history being something I like. Mm, okay. I can see I've that. Been going, I've been gravitated to history for the simple fact that history, if you don't learn from it, you're doomed to repeat it, but you can also take specific examples and apply it to modern application in modern life and do like small tidbits here and there. That's absolutely true. Yeah, I don't. But when I'm, that's it's interesting for I think like for someone in their childhood to really like history. Um, yeah. When I'm when I think about how many kids I knew actually knew their history, even even by the time they got to high school or as an adult. Yeah. Very few. <laughs> it's very few. Yeah. So that's a dope skill to have. Yeah. How about you? Um, I guess anything athletic. Like I really like mm-hmm. athletic outside stuff. Um, I grew up outside for the most part as a kid, so I really liked sports. And for a while, I I did like compete in them and all, so that was fun. But oh, you're a jock. There you go. Well, uh, yeah, essentially, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Because um, I mean, I love black football because I didn't do regular football, which was fine. Any any group sport type activity, even something as simple as dodgeball, you get really into it. But even yeah. now, as an adult, I like camping. I like hiking. Love to hike. Yeah. I think I the only, sport, only sport I did was soccer. 
but I think they. Oh, that's the only one I didn't do. Slowly aged. Both oh, that's, oh, that is disgusting. Oh no, I'm sorry, soccer <laughs> fans out there. You guys are great. <laughs> Keep listening, but I hate soccer. I because I remember as a kid, even though I could run around all day, when we started playing soccer, I was like, "What is this? We've been running back and forth for 25 minutes. This is just drills." Like uh, those school drills where you have to run and beat the beeper yeah. for the dogs. Yeah, no. Oh, beat no. Queen. Beat the cadence and PE. I get hit in like the shin when someone misses the ball when they yeah. kick. You just crash. Oh, no. <laughs> Something that would, would never be a fashion. <laughs> oh, man. So that brings into the next question. Doing activities with people or getting introduced either by direct or indirect means. Uh, so like family, friends, coworkers. Coworkers. Basically anyone at any point giving you a introduction to that particular interest. Or explaining that interest, or who knows, career day at school, all that sort of stuff. Oh. Um, I would say uh, theater. Theater was one of those acting. Um, I don't know, like, I guess like all to the creative arts. So mm -hmm. from editing videos and stuff like that, like I learned that from working with my dad. Um, in his business, so go, like doing events and then recording it, editing the videos down and making them really good. I really enjoyed that, like video production. Oh, I was like, okay, so this was middle school. Uh, uh -huh. I was recommended for yearbook club. Did so, uh -huh. yearbook club was a club that you got nominated for. So teachers put your nomination in and then they went from the nominations and picked the members who got nominated. So I was nominated for 8th grade year. And I liked it. I was taking pictures of the basketball games, doing different events. I think it was like once a month that I was going to these events, getting pictures for the uh, yearbook teacher that did the yearbook. I mean, this is the middle school yearbook, so it only really took one person to mass produce it. It didn't have. I was gonna to say <laughs> it's mainly just a yeah, it's just a collage for the most yeah. part. Uh, but wait, wait, for this class, did you choose if you didn't want to do yearbook, or did you just have to do yearbook because you were nominated? I was nominated, and I stick with it. Oh wow! So funny enough, I got introduced to it indirectly. I forgot who nominated me to do it. But I'm glad they did because by that introduction it kind of helped had started my passion to pursue it in high school. So yeah, ninth grade I was taking the intro to intro to communications, which was yearbook, newspaper, and TV. I wanted to do your yearbook, but then I found that I liked TV more, so I pursued TV production last high school years. Yeah, I only did yearbook for one singular year in high school, and that was just because it was an elective, and I was oh. like, oh, that seems kind of cool, but um, since it was a class, I think maybe that's also why it was different. I kind of mm -hmm. willy-nilly chose it and didn't really get that too much into it. I thought it yeah. was slower. Because I didn't like, you know, just watching the events mm -hmm. and taking pictures. I was like, no, I kind of want to. I kind of want to go and enjoy it because <laughs> it's also yeah. high school. So that's that's so that's, that's one of the important things. That's why I actually did TV production because I fell in love with TV production more than actually yearbook. I yeah. saw the reality of what yearbook was. It's like, oh my gosh, I gotta not only take the photos, create my own page, use Photoshop to do this yearbook. Stuff. The graphics. I have to do the graphics to get the highlighted picture. I have like this section, this section, this well, section to be responsible for. They're like there's like maybe fifty to sixty sections small in the yearbook that you each one responsible for. 
you all put yeah, it's, it's a mini printing press that's all it is <laughs> <laughs> it's just using child labor <laughs> to be a printing press because i remember yeah. like they would give you they'd be like okay you're gonna do the year like you're in a snapshot section there'll be like three or four pages of the best things that happened in the school year and yeah. i'm like oh man this is actual work and you had submission dates for it too TV production yeah. was a little bit more flexible. And also, like, the mm -hmm. people you worked with kind of felt like a family. Yeah. You guys had to really work together you to were, get like, it done. really working together, and you really were dead, all the deadlines together. You, When you're in yearbook, newspaper, or TV production, you are like a big family. <laughs> That's where the building block for that passion comes from. <laughs> you can make it big. A very select few. It's very because it's. I think that goes big with most things that are elected. Yeah. Um, and electives are kind of good for finding. So looking at classes to the yeah uh, had one time when I was out with like a friend and they I, they were mentioning like an event and so yeah. I knew about poetry I like poetry ever since I was younger and writing um but I was like oh shoot there's a way where you can add a theatrical element to it and give it more life because I do feel like just reading poems doesn't mm -hmm. give you the full experience so hearing someone say that just googling did, on my phone or the computer a poetry slam oh no no, no, oh. no, no, no. <laughs> Absolutely what not. What did you do? I, was, I wasn't, I feel like, honestly, a poetry slam can seem cringy, but what I did was probably cringier because I found this, like, local group in in, in my city, and they, like, they just met at this old, like, Catholic-type church with the giant iron gates you have to, like, push open to get into, and it's okay. a huge courtyard, and you sit in, like, a seance circle. And then the person just stands in the middle and they perform like whatever their piece is, but they're making eye contact. <laughs> and sometimes it goes on really long because it's just, it's just random people doing whatever they want to do. Um, so if you have to go to the bathroom or if you like want to leave, <laughs> you can't. So you just have to go through it and then go up when it's your turn or you can already like let first timers kind of like sit there and mm -hmm. chill. So I did it a few times. Um, but uh, I was like, now you have to show. Now you have to share one skit that you did. Oh God, no! I don't. I, I do one, have a joke. One skit. One skit. No, no. One skit. <laughs> Honestly, first off, it was like seven years ago, so I do not remember any of them. But I know one was written for like my boyfriend at the time. It was very dramatic. He had very curly, like long hair, and I was like, like waves of the ocean swaying together, and it was just like, oh. Oh, pass me. <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> Live long enough to become the villain. So, exactly. Let me get this straight. This is what we call one act plays. So that's you. Were, that's what you were doing, right? No, it wasn't a one act play. It's literally like so slam word or just like spoken word poetry. You were standing there in front of a crowd, and you are you're saying the words, but it's an exaggerated emphasis on certain parts. And like oh. you're you're pulling people in different directions with mm. the emotion you're putting into words, and it's supposed to add another layer to the storytelling for your poem, but it does get very um, theatrical for okay. some people. Yeah, so that was an interest that turned in like that I heard from some random person, and I okay. went and checked it out. But uh, 
I retired that hobby. I've already did it indirect. Let's do it direct. So I had a friend. I would go to their house. Uh, he's like high I'm like, he's like late high school. I'm like early high school, I think. Okay. Um, and he kept pushing me to watch One Piece. He kept really talking about every single time I came over. Didn't really give it a chance. He even showed me the fight with uh, Dong Flamingo and Luffy. I like it. Okay. Actually, kind of cool. But it, I still didn't like, it didn't click on to me. It's like, wait a second. That is interesting, but I didn't I was like I didn't know at the time that it would become a big passion when I started watching it. So my introduction was like way like way before I started watching it, but it, it all connected it when I started watching it when I started exploring anime. So it took some time for that particular interest to go into a passion. Because I had, because my anime evolution at the time, I should, I should call it, was basically transitioning to me to go to One Piece, and having that early introduction directly with the person showing me and talking about it and being all excited about it, and then tell me what it's about, kind of resonated me more with it. I don't know, it's kind of weird. I mean, anime is a great way to think of that because um, when you share it with another person, I think it makes it cooler. I yeah. do hate when people so, like if you start to get into something and someone introduced you to it, then they're like, "Oh, remember when I told you about it and you were skeptical?" It's like, let me have this. Like we're here, we're here together now. <laughs> Shut up. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that's really cool because that, that's kind of how it was when I was younger um, or when I got introduced to anime and it was, it was through a friend in middle school. She was like, do you not know what Naruto is? And I was like, no, I do not. And, you know, just started reading the manga, seeing the show. And that's when like YouTube like first started up. So you could watch the animated music videos. Yeah. And like me and my group of friends would have a favorite. Mm -hmm. uh, same for like me and my cousin. So I definitely get that. Once you give it a chance, it's just the greatest thing ever. True. And, you know, with people comes the people you don't see, the internet. <laughs> yes. So the people that you don't <laughs> see on the internet, or some people that you do see on the internet, whatever is that category belongs to them. The internet's huge. We have been, we had the internet since the 80s. We have mm -hmm. gone through... Oh gosh, what was the first chat room? Oh, uh, AOL. No, not AOL. MySpace. AOL did have a chat room. MySpace but, was like one of the first chat rooms, like an actual. That's what coined the name chat room. And you know, we had email, of course, but like email was like. A new big thing back then. Then MySpace came and it slowly integrated with Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and yeah. <laughs> I just like the internet's full of stuff to be introduced to stuff. All you have to do is you Google's your best friend and now type it in, and who knows what pops up based on the search that you selected. Yeah, but that's always been the biggest appeal of the internet was just discovering new things and yeah. and and then learning something that you didn't even know you didn't know is the best part about the internet. It can it can turn into a black hole sometimes though. Now there's so <laughs> much information that like the All research right, feels right. like it can never end. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's that's one downside, but it it has yeah. a lot of benefits and it is pretty amazing. What's oh, something yeah. that you discovered? Um, from your time on the interwebs. Oh gosh, something I discovered. Well, fandom.com was probably my best friend ever. That website had everything related to whatever show I was doing research on, to this question, to like, oh, charm ones happen in this episode with this character and this monster and this demon is this wiki for it. Blah. I was like, okay. I started 
I think I went down the fandom loop uh, rabbit hole. I would read one thing and then I start reading another thing and then it just kept going. Uh huh. So I would literally, not gonna lie, I would literally spoil content of anime shows on fandom.com. Why? <laughs> Why um, would you do that? Okay. This goes back to reading. Reading is really interesting, especially if you find something that you like or you want to know more about. But it has to explain going on the internet. I mean, that's really what spoiling content. That's just villain activity. Content because I was a blogger at the time, so like blogging and spoiling content was like, well, I have to write some of about it, and I need to do the research if I never watched it. No, no, no. <laughs> you have a villain arc like every terrible villain in anime where they're like, this one thing is the only reason I'm doing all of this. And it's like, I feel like there's other options. <laughs> I feel like we can we can work on this. You don't have to spoil it. Do you at least put like spoiler warning at the top? Did you at least do that? Or do you, were you just free form? You did some spoiler warning if I went like super deep into it. But if I just did like, explaining what it is. I didn't really do much spoiled content. I mean, I had to look up uh, the power, or I had to look up the character, or the sidekick. Yeah. But, like, I did, like, basic information. I didn't start uh, having spoiling content until I actually got into writing original content. Like, the entire Bleach wiki, One Piece wiki. Um, I think I also did, yeah, I was starting to do Seven Deadly Sins. I was actually doing like a lot more. I was, in a sense, trying to do my own wiki and doing series content. This is where I started doing series content for my blogs. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So just knowing that, like, at the end of the day, you're out here just dropping spoilers. Not yeah. a, just knowing you're a villain. <laughs> That's now canon. Thank you for oh, that. Oh, no, I just gave a spoiler <laughs> warning. I gave the top, the first thing on the top of the page, disclaimer, this might contain spoilers. There you go. I may, sometimes I went, this might contain spoilers about this, or this might contain spoilers in general, so just be aware. Okay, well, that's fair. What is you, your rabbit hole? Because I had my internet rabbit hole. What is yours? Uh, travel. So, like how you travel. talked about, I yeah, travel. I love, I love traveling, and I learned that from like. So back in the day, there were chat rooms, but there were also video chat rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, kids, this is not a safe thing. <laughs> so you yeah. you would go on there, you make a profile, you don't know who you're really talking to, and back in the day, I I still have some of these friends who I met on like. Like, what was it, like Omegle or whatever chat room? You tap in like a certain interest and it just finds you someone to chat with. I still yeah. have online friends from that. And then in the video chat rooms, you would almost kind of like have your own crew where everyone knew when to hop on at the same time because we're in different area codes. So some people might be in Korea or some people might be in Denmark. It might be in Tokyo. So you have people in different areas, but you all want to talk to each other and just like shoot crap. And I would hear about people's like, hometowns, their culture. They'd recommend like movies or books, sometimes like animes for that were based on their like region. So then you start to look at it and you're like, I wanna go. I don't wanna just look at it and see it from a picture. I wanna physically be there and experience it. So yeah, culture and like travel became really big because of the internet. So like Ooh. the friends that I made, I've been able to visit like some of them. So that's been awesome. And, and really get to get just off the computer screen. Internet's awesome, but I also love real life. So. Oh, yeah. Internet, for me, blogging, I couldn't do it without internet. I needed a way to talk You would just be a writer. I need, I need that space to just talk. Whoever read it, read it. You know? That's the podcast. Whoever listens to it is like that's the content I want to make. But I also went down the rabbit hole of looking up different 
court cases, the different stances on the law, the constitution, the constitutionality of certain things, and an understanding perspective of the government, and all this other stuff that just like how this leisure, this legislative body led to this court case. So this court case is the eminent domain that's like the legal go-to model to use for other rulings. You know, of course, you know, particular crimes or hypothetical situations where a crime might not be explained well, so I'm looking it up more in better detail. Uh-huh. Uh, and also history. History was interconnected with that, too. Yeah, you're going to be able to learn a lot more, probably quicker than you would at a library, if you just sit there on your computer. You don't have to go oh, anywhere. Yeah. And this is how internet builds the passion. It builds the passion by exploring the content that you're interested in. Gives you the space to look anything up relating to that, the good and the bad, and mm-hmm. basically gives you the the time. If you have the time to do it, then you dive into it. You explore the content. You explore explore the internet becomes reality. So you know, and also with the internet, you have to be careful. You can spend you go down another rabbit hole, spending lots of money. I love spending money though, especially on the internet. Yes, I know spending money is great, right? And then you realize you don't have it at the end of the day because you spent it. Yeah, that's the only that's the only crappy thing. If something if something takes forever to get to me, I will be I will be extremely sad. (laughs) I I will be I might not buy it. There's been plenty of things that I really find interesting on the internet, but I, I'm not willing to wait for the shipping. So I'll just I never mean, get it. if you already bought it and you said you wanted it, it's going to come in shipping if you want if you want to wait or not. Yeah, but you can just I just I have no I have a habit of just putting it up in the cart. I like looking at the cart and then looking at the total <laughs> oh and God. like I don't know if you've ever done it where you look at the total and you forget that it's like the shipping and handling hasn't been applied yet, and then you go click it. You're like, yeah, you know, I can afford that. Let's just do and it. Let's just go crazy. It becomes like twenty, fifty dollars later. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I don't have the money now. Mistakes oh, be made. Okay, the shopping cart is about the most activating thing ever. You go to click on the stuff you want, and you just keep piling it up. You're a hundred, a hundred and twenty items later, and you realize you can't buy it all. It's not the oh, shopping cart's fault. I mean, they utilize out of sight, out of mind. The user error, but putting much in the shopping cart. So, no, 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 no. You have to take the shopping cart. You have to delete it from the shopping cart to officially buy it, which is probably worse. Unless you have like, some Amazon wish list that you might or might not get in your life. Be like the content creator. Think, oh, here's my Amazon wish list. If you want to help me get to it, please help me. Support the support a show. Yeah. Support your local artist. Oh, oh man. Gosh. Oh, what's the time you spent money and spending money actually led to a passion based on interest? Uh, I'd probably say photography. Yeah, I'd say photography. Like, okay. Um. I grew up with it, like with with my family, with my dad, and so he, <laughs> I gave him the money. I was just like, buy whatever like decent camera you can get, so I can just go out and take pictures. Um, and that's still very the cameras. I think, especially like Nikon and all that, were around. You can go anywhere from three hundred to a thousand or twelve hundred. It's a lot of money when you're like in your early twenties. You're like, wow, this is my life. Um, so I remember like I got the camera and then I'm one of those people where if I spend a lot of money on it, I'm gonna use the crap out of it yeah. because I wanna get my money worth. So yeah, I think that I got the camera first without knowing too much skills. I know how to use video cameras and whatnot, but I was like a regular click click, zoom in, adjust all the settings type, did not know. And so I had to learn it from the internet. Um but I got the camera first, and then the skills, and all of that came afterwards. I just know I like photography. Hmm. What about you? Okay, so mine 
probably a hodgepodge of different things. Uh, collecting. I found that I like collecting different things throughout my years. Like a collection so or a collection of just things? Ah, collections of random things at the time I was interested in. So I was collecting coins. I was collecting snow gold. I was collecting keychains. I was. I even mm-hmm. have. I started a private collection of canvas in my room. I have like what? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. <laughs> but I will say that there is a difference, though, because like sometimes it could just be you like that thing. Like I have vinyl records. And for whatever reason, I would just constantly go to a record yeah. shop, an old school one, and get tons and tons of vinyl records mm-hmm. that I like the covers of, or I knew they were good artists. Never, oh, yeah. b- never bought a player. <laughs> never bought a vinyl player. <laughs> so it's just like, my dad was one time, and he was like, why do you have all of these? Like, you have like 57, and you keep buying them every day. <laughs> you haven't listened to a single one. What, like, what's this for? And I was like, my grandkids will listen to this music. Like, no, they won't. They're going to break. Like, if you're going to move out and they're going to break. So there is a difference. I didn't have a passion for the music yeah. on the vinyl records, but I did, like, yeah. collecting them. Well, okay. Oh, I do, so I had a trophy case above my bed. I cleared the entire trophy case because my snow globe collection got so huge. I had to move oh, location. I had to, like, move my trophies onto the desk. It's hilarious. That's what I... It's literally become... The computer desk now, but this is when I was cleaning my entire room. I was given like a certain theme and certain areas. Oh, I also collected a bunch of seashells. Uh, I have some cock shells. I went to, I think, Newburn. But yeah, I started, I think, going to Goodwill for the snow globes and the canvases, like different, just random canvases art that I actually like, like a cityscape, a tree that's colorful. A were you hanging them up, or were they like yeah, on the ground, covered, I covered by a my part, room. like an old mansion? <laughs> just all my wall in my room, and the probably the biggest one I have is literally when uh is my old MC Anime logo that I bought from Flickr. I bought a, a poster from based on my logo. <laughs> And that was probably a pain because it wasn't the exact size. And I had a particular picture frame that I I thought that didn't actually fit it. So I had to cut it down and get my dad's help to actually make it look decent. So it didn't look like it didn't fit. But yeah, that's literally what my room is. I have all these holes in the wall because I'm hanging up stuff. <laughs> Just madness within your room. No, um, I don't even have magnets. I have screws and... Uh, no, no, I said madness. Don't oh, worry. Madness. <laughs> oh, yeah. madness. I thought you said madness. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to put glue in the wall, put magnet on the wall. Oh, no, I'd be so concerned for you. I'd be like, oh no. <laughs> oh no, that's not hard. Oh no. I start going through like the different little nip shops on the top of the refrigerator, above the microwave, and the in the cabinet, trying to get any screw and anything that could hang at the time to put on the wall. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. It I'm using even using a trophy case. I bought an, another canvas holder so that can go on the old dictionary I have that's like oh yeah. I have a random dictionary that I read. It was like a no, I think it was a history book. Like that would make more sense. Only American like, history to like nineteen thirties. I don't like I don't know why I read that. <laughs> I'm using it as a base for canvas. <laughs> it's art. It's beautiful. Another oh, thing that um that I got like when you spend money, I would definitely say online gaming yeah. was also a big thing for me. I love indie games, yeah. so I've spent more than I'm comfortable admitting on yeah. like buying indie games, recording like them. Goodwill. So some of the snow globes are like two to three bucks, so those are a buy. And then people will give me snow so. globes too because I collected I them. I, I think what it is with collections, like for yeah. me, with online games. At least I could play those with other people, but yeah. I don't. I don't get 
the collectibles because like they just sit there yeah. and then they don't go anywhere and i'm like that just takes some space and that would annoy me i don't like collecting multiples of something every now and then like the vinyls but yeah. having I several not collecting yeah. i think at that point i stopped collecting um so yeah i think i've kind of went out space on my wall with like canvases on the wall oh so you stopped because you ran out of room no <laughs> i think i stopped because i did i stopped going to goodwill and i knew that every time i went to goodwill i wanted to buy something a new canvas i'll literally go through the entire canvases section and go through it and it's like oh this is on sale let's buy this one for us so then I can maybe come back, come back to get this one. Have oh my goodness <laughs> like you didn't have a choice <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fine. I think everybody has that guilty thing where you start, you kind of get into it, you find interest mm-hmm. for it, and then it becomes something that you spend way too much money on. But you love it, so that's mm-hmm. that's why it's great, and that's why it might be a hobby. Oh, like a, like I think the probably like thing I spent so much money with was uh, Facebook ads and Fiverr. Why? I don't know though if those are are are, are those interests spending money on Facebook ads. Uh, no, I mean, okay. <laughs> is MC Anime at the time. I was promoting blogs. You know, I got 713 likes just based on ads and promoting my, my posts, and I learned from that. But, okay. yeah, there's it's- a passion to expand my influence and get people to come to the page. <laughs> well, you're definitely going to have a passion for the, like, literal podcast that you have. I hope so. Yeah. I would hope you have a passion for your company still. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. it's going to be a really awkward, awkward episode. Um, and Fiverr, I think I was, I was just giving a bunch of freelance people, like, different, all these different projects I wanted to get done, and then it ate into my bank account. It's like, what did I do? Why did I do this? Design this, or write this, or I even had error for the blog. I even had uh, a ghost writer. Uh, yeah, writer for your own blog. Well, I well, okay, I didn't. They weren't a ghost writer necessarily. I put their name and they gave they had credit for that entry. Oh, I, I had for commission to basically post the the blog. I did that okay. for. That's when I was getting super behind, and I wanted to do a Pacific blog and. Didn't have time to do it, so I had I asked for help, and they had their name mentioned to the article, so like they had all the credit given to them instead of me. But when I wrote it, I didn't get didn't put my own name on it, so I don't only put their name on it because it's not my work. So, yeah. Interesting. This basically just became a lesson of <laughs> with passions. Be careful. Maybe yeah, putting a lot of money, basically. a lot of money, especially going to conventions. It's a couple oh, hundred yeah. dollars if you go to a particular convention based on the hotel you get, the couple of days you. Oh, oh, uh, you can spend one hundred and sixty dollars for a three day pass. Then you have food. Then you have hotel. Then you have transportation to get there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that can add up to, you know couple hundred dollars, especially when I was volunteering at conventions. That was a particular passion I want to build, get more experience in convention culture, and, you know, an investment for the blog at the time, because I was doing a monthly convention anime review. I did a convention review when I did some of the blogs, so that was part of my original content. I would spend about $300 for, for an entire weekend. Even though I was in the convention for free, I was volunteering. I had to pay for lodging, most of the time Airbnb, mm-hmm. um, and transportation to get from the Airbnb to Greyhound to the convention back, convention back to Airbnb, Airbnb back to Greyhound. So if I had a car, I'd probably save a lot of money, but oh well. That I mean, you're not really supposed. That's not con- convention culture. Is when you are aware that your your wallet is probably going to be way lighter by the time you yeah. leave. 
yeah, well, that's fine. I only did once a month because that's what I could afford. So, and I well, only stay within my own state. I only stay yeah. within my own state because that's the transportation was cheaper. So yeah, that actually makes sense. Like, and depending on where you live, if it's a busy enough area, you have enough conventions happening nearby. You can fill out an entire year. You can find at least one convention happening. You just have to yeah. you just have to figure out logistics. I do the same thing here, but luckily, like Florida has a ton of conventions, so that that helps out. Yeah, it's a big state, so you can kind of just go everywhere. Yeah, and then I made a mistake for my first convention. I actually, go with friends. If you're going to a convention, go with yourself. You save a lot of money. Please don't buy people's what are tickets. You talking about? Don't you? If you go with friends, what do a not terrible buy an entire ticket. No, yeah, you just make bad decisions with money. But go <laughs> with your friends to the convention. That's go actually the best time to go. Go, go with people who are also into. Yeah. into what whatever the convention is for it can be hard to go with people who don't have the same interests because you one you don't want to get split up for too long um and then two you want to like vibe and have a good time like you pay for their own ticket or food at least if you're gonna buy the ticket they pay for lodging and food you have to split or transportation so just split it where okay if i spend money on this you spend money on this just have an what organized plan what are you going through? Like, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what's happening. I'm get so I'm guessing you've gone to conventions and spent a lot of money on other people because no, normally no. you're always supposed to spend convention, it. and it costs you like three hundred bucks for four tickets. Not gonna lie, and it's like, ah. oh my god, oh yeah, don't do that, yeah. don't do that, don't do that. I was like. I could have literally spent my own ticket for 65 and I would have been fine. But no, I didn't. No, it just didn't happen. Yeah. Normally, the best thing that I promote, if you're going to go to conventions, go with other people, but make sure like you go with people, let them buy their own ticket. That just ensures they're going to show up. <laughs> That's one thing. And then two, always invite more people because it's always going to like drop That's down by the time you get close to it. And, those, and you, you know, don't have to dress like, up. Put up in many groups and do different things and then reconvene yeah. and eat up, you know, meet up for the dinner or talk about what you did or go back to the, the video game section or whoever else. There's a lot you're definitely going to spend money. You're definitely going to spend money. And I think you spend more money with the group of people because I've gone with friends and if yeah. they go to a booth that I might have missed and there's stuff there that I'm like, oh, shoot, dude, now I want this too. That's the one. It's it's a guilty, it's a guilty love and passion. But yeah. go with other people. Go with other people and party and have a good time. And that's how you find more shared interests. Yeah, and then you might get passionate about cosplay no, okay. or the Vendor performance area, part. If I was you, lock up your wallet. Only spend what you minimally want. You can spend the entire day shopping and you have a bunch of stuff you don't want to take back with you because you don't have space. Just remember that. Only buy as much as you can carry home. That's what I should tell you. We have two different experiences at conventions. <laughs> Please don't buy everything up at the convention hall. And when you No, no. Buy it when awful. it gets closer towards the end. If you know you're going back to the room within the next two hours, oh, then go no. buy your stuff. But never buy it like at the start of the day. You got to lug it all day long. And whatever you fell mm -hmm. in love with, you're going to end up hating by the time you like finally get back to your room or whatever. You're going to be so mad. <laughs> you're going to be so mad. One thing I've been it. really good at is the vendor hall. I didn't really spend much money in the vendor hall because I don't know. I was. Most of the time, I wasn't in the vendor hall because I was volunteering in other areas. Oh yeah, well you were you physically couldn't be in there. But yeah, if, I mean, if you sometimes yeah. I avoided it because okay. Now, if you go to like a local comic con, let's just say that the only way to really have fun there, I'm sorry, is the vendors. Uh, what are you talking about? Okay, at my so small-time comic conventions, you just have one big space. It's mostly just vendors. 
Yeah, the biggest part is going to be the vendors area. That's always yeah. the biggest part. <laughs> that's, that's actually the, at my comic con. That's the only attraction is the vendors. You have the Q, you have the QA section back here for panels, which is like cut off little black tent area with chairs, and then you have the cosplay competition, and then food. That's it. Oh yeah, that sounds disgusting. I wouldn't even spend money on that. I would I would travel somewhere else. I would Actually, not. Okay, that, I would travel only like twenty-five dollars to get in, or like no. fourteen dollars. It's actually really mm. cheap to come in. So I would spend money yeah. on one room. I mean, I got a, I got a, a, a nook, uh, some other stuff. People looking at books, and that's literally how I did my convention review. You know. No, I gotta. I like. I, like, I'm from the city, so I. Ha, I. Ha, it has to be bigger than that. Like, yeah. um, the like the Orlando Convention Center where they have all the big conventions as well. That one's like three stories, and it's a hotel, and it's huge. So, like, yeah. that's that's what I, I like. Where I'm like, I want to be angry at how much walking I have to do. A lot of conventions are either at a conference center or a hotel. But hotel generally is the best because it's due to the smaller events, but they can have a big enough space to vent it yeah, out. Yeah, they have a banquet room. Yeah. yeah. Well, banquet room, well, if you do like a big Marriott, the entire hotel is the is the the convention. Yeah, that's the one I was just talking about in Orlando. It's a hotel and a convention. But some places that are just the event site, just the convention yeah. area, they, those can vary in size. Those ones are oh, definitely yeah. usually the ones that you're going to see that maybe might be just the one room, one big open space. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, so it pretty much dumbs down to what you like and what you're interested in. And with interest comes, you know, all the different things we have discussed. Like, for example, the childhood the interaction with people, the random occurrence, there's plenty of random opportunities that happen with finding an interest. Mm -hmm. uh, the internet, spending money, uh, you know, we gave, we kind of went into like big examples of just what is required to have passion. So, you know, personal stories is what how we build a passion. Childhood, uh, you build the passion by simply being with other people around your age or being by yourself, being immersed into the content. If you have indirect or direct introduction to the interests, do some research, uh Find out what you like about it. Find what your style is. Immerse yourself into, you know, just jumping in. Internet. Pretty much the deep web is to your... Use as much as you want or as little as you want. It's, it's there regardless of what you like it or not. Spending money. Get a job. Or at least have someone that can loan you money or do a kid. Do chores around the house. Get some allowance. Or, you know, ask for one big thing instead of all these small things that your parents don't want to say yes to. And the random occurrence, just know that it can happen to anyone. So whatever random occurrence is the fifth category about finding an interest, just know that it can just be simply... Hearing music, and you want to know who that person playing that music is. So there you go. Yeah. So you will you'll you'll develop them, you'll change them, mm -hmm. you'll definitely lose some of your interests as you get older and things change in your life. Oh yeah. But there's so much out there. Just keep exploring and keep experimenting to see what you're into. And the fun thing about a lot of interests nowadays is that because we have the internet. You can practice them or learn about them without ever really having to leave your home or being in front of other people. So if you're not comfortable yeah. um, because you don't know much about it, you can at least just be online and be 
in your in your house, get to know what you need to know, and then decide if you want to keep pursuing it. So it's it's great to like discover more interests and learn more about them because you get to have a bunch of cool experiences like the ones we talked about today. Yeah. So get out there, guys. This concludes finding interests and building passions, particular episode of MC Anime. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can find us at Blog MC Anime, MC Salon at Twitter, and then we're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Everywhere with Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Our Heart Radio. Please don't forget to support us directly on Patreon at Blog MC Anime. We have the different MC Anime tiers made. Everything is like new and fresh. So it relates to the podcast and each category has different like exclusive content, original proposals for podcast ideas, advice. It's on there. Please check it out. And Please support the page. If not, even just give us a like. Give us like Apple reviews as well on Apple Podcasts. So, and you know what? Keep our retention rate high and be a good audience. And we hope to see you again. See you guys. Bye. Bye.